Welcome to the College Scoops Podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Marsha Ray on how to step forward and take charge of defining yourself and your future. You, the student, can easily investigate on the homepage of colleges sort of their outlook. We're looking for teams of, of students who can work together. We're looking for students who can raise, you know, the big questions, students who want to be the global citizen. See if any of their descriptor rings well with you, with what you now additionally know. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops Ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members, free eBooks, and even a College Scoops care package. Marsha Ray brings an informed and unique voice to study abroad advising and college experience advising based on teaching experiences in the U.S. and in France and Italy, where she resided for 17 years. She has also been an adjunct professor at DePaul University and interim co-director of the DePaul University's International Studies Department. In 1998, Marsha founded Student Extended Experiences Consulting, Inc., based in Deerfield, Illinois, to help students create and design dynamic gap years or academic sabbatical experiences. In addition, she is a co-founder of College Experience Designers, an organization of seasoned professionals who work as a team to help individual students create opportunities that will maximize their college experiences and educational outcomes. She has presented at major professional and state conferences across the state as well. Marsha, thank you so much for joining us today on the College Scoops podcast. Can you just introduce yourself and kind of share a little bit more about yourself and who you are and how you came to have all this incredible knowledge and travel experience? Thank you so much. I'll try to be very brief in that sense, because overarching all of that is, I think I always knew I was a born teacher. I always thought about teaching. I didn't waver from that. I became a secondary school teacher. And I will say a few years ago, I got an email from a student I'd had as an eighth grader who is now 60 years old. And he never forgot me as a teacher. And that spoke to my heart and sort of my lifelong commitment. But when somebody's that old and and still remembers something you did, and he could remember the projects I've given him, I knew that it, it was an endorsement that I've sort of lived by all my life. I see teaching moments, and whether it's when you're in college or if you do a gap year, and I'm pretty resistant to 
fluffy stuff. So I'm very careful about making sure that what students are undertaking is really significant. Whether it adds up to credit is one conversation, but basically, how as students do I contribute to a student finding out about himself and not in that vague way of looking at the stars and the moon, really working to define the student as a person. That is a true testament to your success. <laughs> Handwritten note, first of all. <laughs> yes. I, I'm sure any teacher listening would think, oh my gosh, maybe they can relate to that. A handwritten note nowadays is just something that we don't see often enough, but it's a true testament to your success as a teacher and an educator that somebody would take the time so long afterwards to say, I still remember that teachable moment and your class and your advice. So kudos to you. That's wonderful. You saved it. Thank you. What we're focusing today on is how to step forward and take charge of defining yourself and your future. As a professor, you worked with a lot of students in the classroom. What are you seeing nowadays that resonates or that is troubling to students and how can you help them? Well, here's where I try to help them think carefully. And if you want to say critically, that would be fine too. Sometimes in, especially in American culture, we've kind of blurred something. And that is um, work and purpose. So I, I try to help students think about what I felt instinctively, and I was blessed to know I was a born teacher, um, is find that interior about themselves that they can build on hopefully it's a strength that they can define or find it so that when they're out and about working, they have a career that they can say obviously has a paycheck, but it has a purpose. What is the purpose of what you are doing? And because if you miss that, you merely have a job. That job will pay you, but after a while, a thoughtful person will reflect five years, 10 years, 15 years out and say, I cannot do this anymore. It means nothing to me. So I go back to one thing that I remember happened actually to me, and that is, this is when they had PA systems into all the rooms in the classrooms and the building. And all of a sudden, after school, they called me and they said, Mrs. Ray, I was like, okay, what did I do? And they said, you haven't picked up your paycheck. It's been here for three days. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I get paid for this. You know, and that's kind of an exaggerated, cute little anecdote, but it says something about finding the place where you are not only most comfortable, but most convinced that you are contributing in some way. And I don't mean the bottom line and the people at the top getting big bonuses at the end of the year. Let's bring it down to like a high school level. You work with a lot of high school seniors. Mm -hmm. I have a high school senior. So it's relevant to me right now in terms of, okay, I'm starting to look at next year college, gap year, where do I go from here? And I know we talked earlier about, 
I was undecided when I looked at schools. What are you seeing with students now? What are they struggling with and your help with trying to get them to focus and look at the opportunity as whether it's a first year experience in college or looking at a gap year? How do you help them delve deep into finding out what's the best fit for them at the moment or short term? It's a, a probably a process of some kind. I tried to suggest to the student to ask at the high school, let's start chronologically with that, to see if there's a way to do some kind of personality or interest inventory. Okay. Now, sometimes the SAT, the PSAT, or the ACT has tried to do that as an add-on to the testing, you know. To register for ACT is a multiple page thing. You have to keep advancing and asking, answering questions, and they send you a pie of what you are. Hardly anyone, so I'll say that conditionally, of course, takes the time to really help a student look at that and say, what does all this add up to? Oh, it's a complete circle. It's you. But what does it mean? What is the information there that as I work through students on a one-to-one -one basis, we acknowledge, we talk about, we laugh about some of it because we say sometimes there's something like, well, I wouldn't do that if you gave me a million dollars. Okay, that's interesting. That's other information doesn't come through on a formal situation. But a high school often offers this if you ask. That's always what I'm saying. Go to a counselor at your school, the college counselor, and say, I would like to do a survey, some kind of inventory to help me have another external but also internal conversation about me. And if that's not offered, often the community college and the career counseling department will offer that if you're a resident of their uh, district and <clears throat> that's a phone call now the question in making the phone call is I'm looking for an interest and skill some kind of inventory I can take then hopefully they will also go over the results with you and what do you do with that as a student you look at it and you think okay it points in a direction that I'm a team player but I don't want to take charge I like hands-on, I like project-based, I like a start and a finish. Conversely, it could be you're okay, on your own, moving yourself ahead, accounting hardly to anyone, but having to finish something. So what do you do with that as a sort of a silhouette of who you are? I mean, that, that's the next big question. That takes someone that has some discernment and experience. So you want to talk to your college counselor, you can, you the student, can easily investigate on the homepage of colleges, sort of their outlook. We're looking for teams of, of students who can work together. We're looking for students who can raise, you know, the big questions, students who want to be the global citizen. See if any of their descriptor rings well with you, with what you now additionally know. Now, I think the other thing, and students resist this a lot, go to one of your favorite teachers and say, when you think about me, what is it you see? What do you see about me 
in your classroom that I might not have picked up on. That is such valuable information and such a great piece of advice because I don't think I ever did that yet. And I don't know if my kids have ever did that, but what great insight that you would have as a student because you may be limiting yourself and thinking, well, I'm very good in this area. And then all of a sudden that teacher's like, well, actually you're good at these three areas. Yes. It's so helpful. And also remember that if that's a teacher you select to write a letter of rec, which will be increasingly important in this next cycle, because we don't have the achievement scores, test optional, it will reign supreme. That's what the teacher will be bringing up in the written piece that he dedicates to you to promote you. So what, you're not asking his secrets, you want to see how are you perceived by another individual who you respect and has some additional training from a peer. But it may also cause you as a student to reflect and think, you know what, I didn't think I was very good in statistics or in quantitative analysis, but this this teacher is telling me that I do have like a certain skill set or strength. So you may learn, as you said, to self-reflect and look at internally, what am I where am I strong? Where, where do I need areas of development? But sometimes we're so judgmental that we don't give, us, give ourselves the, you know, the kudos that we have and, and, and we don't realize what we're capable of until somebody points that out to us. So to your point, that could totally fit in with your inventory skills assessment and kind of structure your path a little bit more focused into what you want to look at. It's a reminder that's you're perceived this way. You may have self-doubts. That's the part of the human condition. Right. <laughs> but it is also nice to know, wow, if I have to give a, a speech in class, I'm perceived as being capable, in control, good at it, even though my legs are shaking up at the podium. <laughs> so that's nice. That's reassuring, right? And I often say, well, two things I'd like to speak about when students have to write, essays for the common app and often they are focused on you the student they don't know exactly what to talk about how do you promote yourself we're not used especially in american culture highly competitive but we're not used to self-promotion absolutely the brag sheet is something that's very hard to do absolutely so what i say and i try to foster in a different way what i've just already said what would your soccer coach or your football coach say about you? What do you think he thinks about you? You're now captain of the varsity team. What do your peers say? And try to pull out in your thinking as a student, as the writer about yourself, what would you think the coach is thinking about you? You made the team. Okay. What else? What are the other qualities that are make you coachable <laughs> and give you some kind of leadership role perhaps so and you can even frame that in your own sentence at the end i think my coach would say about me that i am reliable show up in practice team player that kind of thing whereas you can't start the sentence grammatically with well i'm a team player and i show up and i'm a really great guy we can't do that so i think that's a way to get a handle on who you are. And that's a lifelong quest, really, if you're into 
some kind of development all along the way. And Mara, if I would say one more thing about being undecided, that's a, a legitimate box to tick. I don't know any majors here, I can. There are two reasons to tick it. I have so many interests. I like psychology. I'm good in biology. I'm um, also a good writer. Wouldn't that be lovely? And, and now I don't know. So how does that all come together? How does that converge? It's just a mess in my head. So bing, I'm undecided. I have no clue. Now, that's okay because in college, some schools are going to assist you in that respect. If you're undecided, you need to find out if that college or colleges have some kind of first year experience, some kind of opportunity to learn about all the fields of engineering or learn about how you can examine the field of neuroscience, which converges psychology and a type of biology, and certainly is a new frontier. So I think if you're undecided, it can mean two things. You have multiple interests, and this is where I find students really get tripped up. They're both artistic and visual, and they're also kind of scientific. And for a long time, those two worlds were completely separated, and now you want to have conversations about how could that be merged? How do I merge the fact I can see things and feel things internally in maybe a poetic way, but I'm also good in chem and bio, and I'm a mess. So I'm undecided. Well, there's so much in that and so many questions I have. You're somebody who can attest to this. As a teacher and as a parent, we, we try to create safe, trusting, um, respectful learning environments that our students and our children will grow right, in our home and in the classroom. And as you pointed out, I mean, years ago, I don't remember there being first-year experience opportunities available. And now there are. So A, students have the infrastructure and a network support system at college that will support them in their efforts as they move through the college experience. But what you're saying too is before that, and maybe this is something that's so different with the generations is that I find, I know kids nowadays, everything is, you could Google it. They get the answers right away mm -hmm. and easy. And it stops them from really thinking and taking the time to do the hard work that I remember I did growing up. If I didn't know the answer, it was like, well, how do I find it? Mm -hmm. The simple skill sets that we grew up with, I find sometimes my kids do not have that at their fingertips and you kind of have to walk them through that. Is that kind of what you're finding with students nowadays that you're kind of dialing it back and stepping them through these like basic skill sets? I think that first off, the world is much more complex and much more integrated and worldly, which is kind of a, I guess, an oxymoron or something there. But I think the complexity of it is off-putting for a lot of people. They don't feel empowered with the right tools to say as a student, well, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask these questions and I'm going to find this out. So consequently, when I was a teacher at DePaul, I quickly learned my students didn't know that we had a career resource center. 
they knew it was out there. They knew it was probably somewhere and they heard about it, but they didn't make use of free services. And what I would like to insist students do, all of them, is start practicing taking charge of yourself. That's, of course, making good decisions, both socially and in behavior-wise, obviously. And taking charge of your journey through college. How do you do that? I feel, and the kid says to me, totally inadequate. I have no idea what you're talking about, Marsha. What do you mean? I mean asking questions just of one or two people who are quote-unquote above you. That would be a teacher. Find out from your academic advisor. What about the career center? Where is it? What do I do if I go in there? I always say, don't be put off if you don't get what you think you deserve or want at the front desk. Always ask that next question. Okay, I can't see anybody now and you don't know about the career test. Who do I contact to find out more? Who and how? You want information and what is it you want to know? Simple. Can I come to the center and do some inventory screening about my interests, my inclinations, my strengths, what I need to pay attention to about my fabric, not my IQ, not my intellect, but my internal fabric. Because if you don't get that lined up and defined, it will be very hard to make good decisions about what to study, how hard to study, and what the outcome of your $225,000 investment is. I wrote down something that I love what you said. There are many things that I wrote down, but I love the statement, uh, go past no. You mentioned that to me earlier, go past no. <laughs> and that sums it up from every different aspect. You can be any age, but that's something that's a lifelong lesson. Yeah, you have to, okay, I'm not happy with the answer no. I mean, think about you students who negotiate everything with your parents. They say, no, you're not taking the car tonight. Pressure them, you bargain, you negotiate. But I think that if you get a no answer, you think, well, that's strange. I, I had hoped to hear something else. So you either keep at it or you go to another source. And you have to figure out who that would be. You've been in my house. <laughs> the, the hard thing about teaching this to your kids and your students is that when they get good at it, you're, it's exhausting. I know, it's exhausting on both ends. <laughs> but I think... Once you take one step on your behalf and you do something more, nobody else is doing that, that's true. A lot of kids go through at least two and a half years of college. I saw it, they were in my class and they still didn't have a clue. And if you ask them, where are you headed? When you have to declare in general by your junior year, what it is that's gonna be on your diploma. <laughs> and where you're going to put the rest of your money and your time and your energy, they still don't know. They still haven't thought about what is it that lines up with what's inside of you. They haven't figured out what it is inside of them. So that's when you talk about assembling the criterion strategies to look into colleges or looking into yourself to find out what is it academically, socially, from an experiential learning standpoint, what is it that I want advocate for that. Ask the questions to narrow your focus and that will help you to navigate a successful 
learning opportunity in college. Absolutely. And if you feel, as you did, and many do, undecided, uncertain, unsure, if you have a shopping list, that is one of the bulleted points. Will the college help me help myself? You want to know will and how will they help me get further knowledge of who I am? Do they have that? What do they offer at the Career Center? I always say to kids, open the home page for like Clemson or Temple or any of the schools, looking at what does the Career Center actually do? And maybe all students are welcome here on appointment basis. You find out. So A plus for that university on your list with that bulleted point. Well, I think also, especially in the time that you cannot visit colleges right now in person, that that's extremely valuable because you learn a lot too from that resource and investigation that you're doing on a particular school. You may find out that the response from that particular department or career center doesn't resonate with you. For some reason, you don't get the good vibes. I always say to my kids, Ask the question, ask it many times in different ways to different people, because that in itself is data that you will be able to use in your decision-making process. Absolutely. And I think from a teacherly point of view, having some kind of, doesn't have to be an Excel spreadsheet, but a chart where you have your important features listed out and how the colleges measure up with them. Um, and that could be like what would be on my list. Okay, what are the possibilities of study abroad? Okay, of course you can study abroad when the pandemic subsides. How about looking at where they run it? Let's look at the fact that some schools will actually enroll you in a foreign university. Maybe a really sincere effort to be enrolled in a foreign university is the way to become a global citizen be with other international students trying to learn Spanish, really learn it. Well, I would almost say when you're, with your work with high school students, when you go through that skills assessment, right, an inventory assessment, if you find that you are not at that point in time where you could take a gap year per se, because you don't have that confidence in that skill sets to go in a more independent type of learning environment, right? If you're going into college, that would be something where I would say, okay, what do I need in order to get to that point where I could go on that type of semester program in an independent environment and get that type of experience? And that answer would go two ways. I have seen over the years more and more students sort of taking a gap year when they're in college, putting college on pause, taking a leave of absence and doing sort of what I then convert the gap word to sabbatical. So you take it, you're not stopping learning, but you're not doing it on the treadmill of your university. So what you brought up was a really good point. Are you better off doing a gap year when you know more about yourself? Well, I would answer it this way. That could be, and students have figured that out by default. Okay. Finding they're kind of miserable. They don't know why they're at this school and they don't know what they're doing and they feel exhausted. Okay. The student who takes a gap year in the gap space between high school and college could, they could do the inventory and get a better sense of self. I offer that opportunity when you work with me. 
I change out the conversation when they come and they say, I ask them, what do you feel are some of the global issues that you guys, you students are going to have to face? I'm not saying my generation is definitely blown it, but what, what are the issues? What are the bigger issues? Would you, therefore, the next question is, would you be interested in knowing a bit more about that global problem? When the gap year idea from England, and you know this well, finally ended up over here about 25 years ago or 30 years ago, parents discarded it, academics discarded it, travels involved in order to get to different sources of information in an itinerary that's been designed to illustrate full on, completely, deeply certain issues. And some of what you pick up on isn't even part of the printout. Exactly. I mean, read it from living with the family and the guinea pigs in Bolivia and seeing that you are not only the guest, but they've given you the only bedroom in the house. So, you know, what do you learn from that? It's so much what you learn, you can't explain it when you get back home and you're so disappointed that you can't do a podcast like I'm doing now and tell it all. Yeah, when are you finding a lot of these college students taking that opportunity? That's a good question because it really has two populations. The gap year now is pretty ubiquitous. We don't need to sell our goods. We all know its benefits, all the colleges grant deferments, whereas early on, uh, state universities very resistant to that and they don't want to know. And now it's the, the growth of a good a sector of, uh, or an industry is really well and universally recognized. To the point that several of the universities now have sort of in-house gap year programs. And there's a whole list of them, small, medium, and large, well-known, and others who are saying, wow, that's a great idea. Why, why farm out the gap year concept, get them on campus, we'll take care of them, we'll give them credit, which is great, and we'll run our own gap year program in Ecuador and Bolivia. They got to sign up, but boom. So that's a new phenomenon that finally people, brains behind these universities said, well, why should we outsource this where we could converge the benefit of a gap year they're not here on campus they're experientially designed to engage the students on all levels we'll do it ourselves and if you're looking at a college that offers an in-house gap year it has two advantages you pay the college but you're getting the academic credit as if you were on the campus so your investment has true investment of time but you're getting the credit, you're having your gap year, and that's taken care of. Now, the only thing I would argue, which I'm very good at arguing a lot of the times, you don't have the benefit of being with other students from all over. If you're going to go to Tufts, you're gonna be with pre-screened, pre, almost like TSA qualified students who are all gonna be Tufts students. Whereas if you do a, gap year as it was traditionally designed to do. You could be with kids who are going to Alabama or Oklahoma, wherever, and, and, and that's kind of cool. That that's kind of replicates the diversity we're all talking about all the time. 
I would have to say that was one thing that I, my oldest son went on a semester abroad program. And I said to him, mine was with a different school with totally different people. And one of them was in my wedding party. You help students do in terms of self-reflection, identifying what is it that you're looking for? What do you want to get out of it? And are programs that will fit those particular goals and aspirations that you have for that experience? I think you just said what I, what I have come across and, and you, you teed it up so well. When I ask students, what would you like to do or what's on your agenda for gap years? I sometimes get a response, I don't know, I have no idea, shrug. They know the value and they're willing to have some kind of conversation, but to throw me some doggy biscuits, they don't have it. So then I switch and I say, well, I know one thing, you know what you don't want to do. What is it you don't want to do? I try to honor those as filters for what drives my homework, my research. So I get the list, even if it's all negative, and I try to say, okay, well, let's look at this, this, and this. Often, a student, when they see everything line up, sometimes I'll say, but that thing about your phone, that you have your phone and be able to text your friends and all that, here's where it doesn't quite line up all the time. And I'll be honest with you, before you go to Uganda, there's going to be like four weeks nothing. There's no reception. There's no satellite. There's nothing. Can you give on that point? Right. And generally a student will say, well, let me think about it. I'll say, okay, that's fine. I want to be, you know, transparent. And that's the kind of thing where you're in this conversation and that conversation helps all of us know something. And that's an important sentence a conversation that helps you know something. And that something develops into more somethings. Your story then, that narrative, you're starting to write yourself, starts right then. It is something that I wish we could do and remind ourselves personally at any age to continue because it's so important. And as you said, it's constantly evolving. And I think that unless you ask those questions, you'll never know, and then you'll miss out. And that is something I continuously think about. As life goes on each and every year, it's getting shorter and shorter, and I've got a lot more places to get people to meet, and more opportunities I need to take advantage of. So what do you wish you knew before you attended college? I guess if, if I had known that I would have lived in Europe, I would have maybe double majored in a language. You know, the story of Odysseus traveling around the Greek islands written by Homer that many of us had to read and didn't understand at all. But if you look back at it, even if you didn't only read Spark Notes, it's the story of the human individual on a quest, diverted, taken astray. But how, how do you manage your own quest? And who better to do it than you? Thank you so much for joining us today. It was so insightful and we could talk again and again, and I know we will. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marcia, for joining us today. 
We learned so much about what are some of the techniques and tools students can use to navigate their college journey to chart a course that will help them thrive, learn, grow, and develop the strength to be successful throughout life. We learned about the importance of asking questions, researching specific programs at colleges, and the importance of reaching out to professors to take charge of your narrative. Remember, go past now and think about who are the stars in your sky. You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com slash podcast. You can learn more about Marsha and College Experience Designers on their website, collegeexperiencedesigners.com. Please take a couple of minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.